0: I'm not
1: And the bust. Welcome. This is episode number 121, and uh, joining you for the first time as your host uh, is Nicholas Minix, and I'm joined by everyone's favorite uh,
0: compadre, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Everyone's well, favorite uh, <laughs> guy. Guy.
1: I don't want to. You know. I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to start using names that we that we use behind your back or anything.
0: Oh, I got it. All right, all right. Well, we're starting off your your reign of terror uh, with a bang.
1: <laughs> yes, reign of terror. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be nasty. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, obviously, uh, we've been kind of hit or miss with the podcast lately. So we want to do our best to make it up to the listeners and uh, cover some interesting topics. And uh, um, first off, is coming into the week is some interesting. News is that Clay Buchholz's spot in the Boston rotation is not very secure. It's it's an interesting situation given uh, he has not he's been pretty shaky in a number of starts recently, particularly in his last start. I think he lasted less than two or three innings, gave up like five or six runs. Velocity was down, and that seems to be a running theme. Uh, I mean, wh- what's your take on that as far as uh, what the outlook is? I guess short and long term.
0: I was never a big as big a fan. Of, of Clay as as um, as Colette was. And I, I think I, one thing that it might be one of these things where the eye test is failing him a little bit because I did watch a game at the same time as Colette, and I remember he, he pointed out that there were these two really good change-ups that, that Clay threw, and he was right. Uh, you know, his change-up is, is great at times and in the sum – um, you know, the, the splitter is pretty good and the change is pretty good, but, uh, you know, there's, that's the problem is when you sum them up, there's just not, there's not a lot there to hang your hat on. The cutter is good. The change is about average. Um, and the split is, is about average when seen against other change-ups and the fastball this year at least has been bad. I mean, the, the sinker gets the 50% ground balls, but doesn't get a lot of whiffs and the four seam just doesn't get any whiffs. So I, I see a guy that can't control any of his pitches, who, you know, has a good changeup, but is is trying to figure out how to make it all work out. And so now there's a confidence factor issue. And now, you know, supposedly the Sox say his knee hurts, and and yet despite his knee hurting, everything sort of depends on his next start or two. So uh, I just don't – this isn't the kind of position I want to buy into unless it's – pick him up off the free agent wire and put him on my bench and don't start him. I, I, I don't see much more than that. Do you, what do you think of him?
1: Yeah, i kind of, I, I've never been a buckle. I've never, I can't honestly remember the last time I've owned buckles. Uh, it was probably one of those situations where he had been dropped because he'd been injured and I picked him up or something, but I've, I don't, I don't think I've ever drafted him. I've never been a big fan of his simply because it's, it's totally hit or miss. And I've always kind of felt like, um, the quality of his pitches, like you talked about, hinges so much on his health, and like the the fantastic run to open his season last year, obviously we we know that he was 100% then, but uh, it just it never seems to be. That, I mean, it's it's certainly his health is is never completely predictable, and I think I mean I think that that's for that reason. I mean, I th- uh, like you said, when you talk about. Um, the quality of his pitches, particularly the uh, what I've, I mean, I've noticed it's a it's pretty solid cut fastball. And and, and I, I like the changeup, uh, which is obviously something you guys have talked about. I think that it's he's, he's always been one of those pitchers to me that when he's on, um, he can be a pitcher who puts up a two ERA, and he, but he, ex, he subsists on a lot of luck, and it can swing back the other way. And then you talk about the possibility of health always been entering the picture and making all that worse. And it's just never been a guy that I've been interested in. I, I prefer a lot more predictability from my players, and I think that's why I've never really bought into him. So, I mean, it's not at all surprising to me it's since when I first sent you a topics list um, that since then the Red Sox have come out and says that he has a hyper-extended knee. <laughs> and it's like, all right, yeah. I, was I was waiting for the news that they found an injury so that they could put him on the DL as opposed to demote him or whatever their option is um, to just flat out remove him from the rotation because I don't think that that's something they necessarily do. Uh, I mean, it's, it may be a situation where it turns out how, some other health issue is there and he so, ends up missing one month, three months, whatever. It's, it, it's it's not a situation that I would find especially encouraging and just as a guy, to me, he's just a guy that you, you chuck away once the situation is figured out and, and come back to once it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's just he's not he's not a, he's not a special pitcher by any means
0: yeah other than other than one one or two special runs i would agree with that yeah so
1: i mean it doesn't appear to be that there's a moving to, into some major league bullpens um obviously not really a ton of movement uh in terms of uh some closure changes but uh obviously k rod could do no wrong especially in the month of april uh but recently he's blown a couple of saves i think he's given up like ten, seven runs in ten innings in may uh, he blew one in grand fashion against the Orioles uh, last night, or I think it was last night, and uh, just uh, overall, you know, he's, he's, the, the corrections that we have kind of anticipated uh, perhaps come around have, have, have in fact, made sense. and so now it becomes a question of uh, what's his long-term outlook look, uh, look like, or short-term and long-term outlook look like.
0: Yeah, I I wrote about him a lot for in my Saves and Steals piece at Roto World, and and uh, I I always got a ton of crap for not rating him higher, and my reasons for not rating him higher were that that he, he's not averaging nine on his fastball, and velocity matters, and he's doing the classic old pitcher thing where he's throwing. Uh, Thirty, like a third of his pitches now are split fingers uh, or his change-ups. So I think it is a split finger, but it doesn't matter. A third of his pitches are, are change-ups. He's throwing, uh, you know, almost 50% uh, off-speed stuff, and he's just throwing more junk as his fastball gets worse. And I just, you know, that, there's no, like, research I can point to and say, oh, pitchers that do that don't work out. But it just does seem seem too much like an old pitcher thing to me. Uh, sort of an old pitcher hanging on type thing rather than like, oh, he figured something out or he <clears throat> added a completely new pitch or he did this or did that. So at the same time, he's throwing the best control of his career, and he still has a great change up. And you know, Henderson had a, a setback in the shoulder. Kinsler is a ground baller that doesn't really have the the, the what you want out of a closer. And um, you know, I just don't think that, there's, you know, Will Smith is good, but he's a lefty. I think that there's there's a there's a thing going on there where it's not only, you know, how good he is and his strikeouts minus walks are, you know, tops, you know, top five among closers, but uh, also how good the competition is. And I don't see much, so I think they'll just let him uh, close the, throughout the year, and then probably they won't even sign him again. I mean, they barely signed him this year.
1: Yeah, I I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, they seem to be. Uh, Ron Renicki seems to be overall satisfied with Krod and has, I mean, he has a, a long working relationship with him. That probably factors in a little. Tyler Thornburg has been for the most part outstanding back there, and you can't help but think. But I mean, he's young. it's just, I think, it's one of those situations where, not necessarily that uh, for the right reasons, but maybe he's not even considered for a shot. And uh, I mean, they have they have a lot of left-handers necessarily available, but that the uh, Wei Chung Wongfella has certainly been uh, far from an impressive performer, and Zach Duke is probably more of a long reliever. So uh, yeah, there's not. I mean, it, Will Smith is fantastic. It, it, it just it looks like a situation where K Rod is going to get plenty of opportunity to turn things around. I think I, I like I like the classic old guy label. Forgive me if that's a common vernacular around FanGraphs in this day and age from you, but uh, I, I like that label quite a bit, and so I wanted to wax on that for a sec. The strikeouts are obviously fantastic. The control is good, but, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, you're not talking about... To me, K-Rod is not a guy with a Koji Uehara type split-finger fastball. I think that's what Uehara throws, right? I mean, his, it's where... I mean, Uehara throws around 90, but it's the pitch is absolutely nasty, and uh, it's, it's a pitch that he lives on, whereas, that, like you said, K-Rod subsists on breaking stuff and all speed stuff all the time, and it's really kind of, Yeah. So, yeah, and
0: Weihar's had a whole career of plus, plus, of plus 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 command. I mean, yeah. Weihara's, like, career walk rate is around, you know, it's lower than two, I think, even. Whereas, you know, K-Rod came into this with iffy control, but was all, you know, gas and change-ups before. And, yes, he's been above average the last couple of years, but for his career, he's decidedly worse than average there. So I wouldn't say that Francisco Rodriguez has the plus, plus command to survive at, like you know, 89 and 88. Yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit of a warning sign. Uh, and because of how people got him, I think he's a decent sell just because, you know, you didn't spend a lot to get him. Yeah. You probably got him off the waiver wire, and he's probably sort of a bonus on your squad. So yeah, uh, I've, I've been mostly counseling people to, to sell K-Rod when they, when they ask me about offers.
1: Sounds like a smart maneuver. I hope they listen. <laughs> and uh, as, as is often the case with many closers uh, who are uh, struggled in terms of uh, statistics at this point in the season. Latroy Hawkins has received the dreaded vote of confidence from manager Walt Weiss this past weekend. He's only blown one save uh, that I'm aware of, and uh, but overall I, mean, I think the ERA is above four, yeah. which is not much of an accomplishment uh, even if you're a reliever in Colorado. Um, so we know that the uh, there, there are a couple of other options there uh, behind him, uh, and folks came into the season thinking, uh, even even folks who bought Hawkins in their drafts, thinking, okay, it may only be a matter of time. So, what is the time? Are we looking at here as far as the matter goes?
0: I have to think it's soon, man. I I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I have to think it's soon. The the I, there was like a moment last week where Latroy Hawkins had the worst strikeout rate among the 759 closers (laughs) that have come for him since 1990. So, there's 759 closer seasons, and he was the worst, right below Dan Kolb in Milwaukee in 1994. (laughs) So, I don't think anybody wants to have anything in common with Dan Kolb. And, you know, another thing that makes it so bad is that he's allowing all these balls into play in, in, uh, in Coors, and Coors doesn't actually inflate homers that much. It inflates balls in play a ton. And it's because of those big outfields that they built to keep in some of the homers. And now they have these huge outfields with, you know, they, they their, their outfielders can't co- can't cover them. So I have a feeling this is only going to get worse. He just lets too many balls in play. I know he has plus command. But he has, you know, an average ground ball rate. That's just not enough for me to say, oh, he can survive. Um, and now he's giving up homers, too. So I, I just don't see it you know, working out, you know, as old as he is. And I actually like Adam Ottavino. Um, because Odovino is, I, I've liked, uh, Rex Brothers forever, but Odovino's the one who's pitching the eighth inning, and Odovino is a righty, and Odovino has the strikeout rates, and Odovino has the gas. So, you know, it, he really, he clicks most of the boxes for me. Maybe Brothers has a little more, more gas, but ever since Odovino went to the bullpen, he's been a revelation for the Rockies, and I think, uh, he could be the closer for them for easy.
1: I, I totally agree, and that's, um, media at some point recently asked Weiss who uh, if if Adobino would would at some point maybe get a look as closer and he said that that's something he could envision uh, you know at some point in the short or long term he said yeah that's something I would definitely I think I could definitely consider um, yeah, no no real elaboration or anything like that but you got to figure um, I mean there's there's an array of things that are working in autoinos favor and then uh, and he said you know big factor for me is experience things like that and out of you know i was looking it up and he was a closer in college and not that this you know it shouldn't make a big difference um because at this point he's performed in a lot of uh high leverage situations uh to for weiss i think that that's uh but if 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 that's going to factor in at all i mean i think that he's he's certainly been a lot more deserving than especially more the brothers who has i mean he's walked something like seven for nine innings is that's and that was a that was an issue for him at times uh, last season. After he'd become the closer, he went through a pretty rough stretch for close to a month, I think. Uh, just it's, it's considering that he's really a effect, really effective left-hander. I don't know that they have any other really effective left-handers in the bullpen there, but uh, just everything smells to me like eventually that is going to get a long look as closer, and uh, it's, it's not a bad move. I mean, Adorino is a fantastic pitcher, and he's really proven it for the past year and a half or more.
0: Yeah, managers don't prefer lefties. I think for the reasons that you're kind of you're hinting out, what we're talking about with the with the you know how many other lefties are are worthwhile in that bullpen. So, you know, if you put a lefty in your closer spot, that means you have to find another lefty somewhere behind him. And uh, so, for the most part, uh, lefties are about half as become closes about half as often as the as you'd expect given the population.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Boone Logan is the other, and he's actually been kind of a disappointment as a free agent signing. So, I mean, it's, uh, I think, to preserve brothers for left-handed bats, I think both are pretty good at retiring hitters of either hand. I'm just kind of going on an assumption there. But, uh, uh, yeah, Adovino is a guy that, I mean, uh, you and I both put in three bucks for him uh, this past weekend in tout, and uh, I was a little disappointed that you were uh, defaulted to you. But, uh,
0: oh, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if that's it made it forced you to, uh, to victory to three because of that. But uh, uh, I, I put in three for him also, and I think that uh, uh, either based on the standings or whatever else, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there are many convoluted rules in the fab determination in, uh, for talent. But
0: uh, yeah, I was disappointed. Well, it's interesting because we both chose. Well, we might. I don't know if you put money down. We both chose to not put as much money down on the Chicago situation yeah. as, as the winners did. And I put in a bid for, for Belisario and Webb, but I, I, I didn't put in a big bid for either just because it seems a little bit up in the air. And I didn't want to spend money on the loser in that battle. And I just felt like I could hang on to Odovino for a couple of weeks and he would give me good rates and ratios and then maybe be the closer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the The Chicago situation doesn't really interest me at all because it's just it's, it's just not a lot of great pitchers there. <laughs> They're not a lot of very good pitchers there. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I put in I put in zero zero on Belisario and I read your column on him. I agree. I wouldn't have forgotten about him. I think he's perhaps the most qualified. I mean, he used to as far as his his time with the Dodgers, he would occasionally get a save chance there and was really effective. And the ground ball rate is great. I don't blame the White Sox for targeting him. As a player to acquire, they did that with a number of guys this all season. And I noticed they really targeted heavy ground ball ring. Smart, smart on their part, but uh, there's not a lot of um, efficient pitching there. I think otherwise, it's just not a situation I want to spend money on. And I need enough help in, in whipping ERA as it is without <laughs> without having <laughs> those guys blow it up in any given week.
0: I, you know, another thing that I found about about save opportunities was that. Uh, the teams that score a lot of runs get a little bit more save opportunities and teams with strong bullpens, not just the closer, um, tend to. And that's, that's easy. You get a lead and you keep it, right? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's basic baseball. But uh, I do think that's sort of valuable in thinking about this because, you know, no matter, no matter who comes out of that scrum, and I think it's Belazari also partly because of money reasons, Daniel Webb has some things going for him, but he also, if they make him expensive now, Then he'll be expensive when they're trying to build a competitive team. You know when they're trying to win now. So I think Belzario makes sense as a stopgap. But then you know I'm admitting that I don't think Belzario's stats are necessarily going to you know knock your pants off. And then uh, they're not a team that scores a lot of runs, and they don't really have a great bullpen. So you know he's not going to get a lot of save opportunities, and and he's not going to be a great pitcher. And in some leagues, he'll be below replacement level
1: yeah and um, as a result, I kind of wish Nate Jones was still healthy
0: <laughs> Oh, love Nate Jones Where is he? Yeah. is he dead yeah I
1: think I think <laughs> at this point yes I mean a strained hip like what what the hell is that I, that's that's just uh I, I guess he he came down with old old person disease at the wrong time of his young career
0: <laughs> yeah that's no good i Dan Harrods has been dealing with that hip thing his whole life, so yeah, it, it could be a problem for a pitcher. But uh, I, I hope he fixes it. Yeah,
1: indeed. And Scott, uh, just as a note, you know, we come come into this Scott Down, Downs. Not the most recent save for the White Sox, and that's just just another guy. I mean, you think he's the only left hander in that bullpen? Um, obviously, that's he's actually been pretty successful at retiring both left handers and right handers. But that's probably not necessarily a direction in which chicago is going to lean very often so uh unless you're an al only league i probably wouldn't even sniff downs yeah
0: uh, well i mean an al only league will take anybody who gets saved so maybe but right
1: uh and so moving on to uh, in baltimore uh, obviously we know that the matt wieter situation is is it's up in the air at least uh right now but uh, in the meantime, they have made a move and attempt to kind of patch things up with the trade for Nick Hundley. Uh, they dealt Trey Patton. At this point, Baltimore has kind of a number of pitchers that uh, who are out of options, and they'd be probably happy to swap just about any of them for a working piece. And so Hundley, I think, is more than more than qualified. Uh, but uh, I mean, what, what do you think of this move in terms of uh, his his viability now? Obviously, he was stuck behind. Uh, stuck behind a couple of catchers in San Diego and really had kind of lost his opportunity to be a part of the future um, So this is at least a good chance for him to Increase his market value coming into this uh, off season.
0: Yeah, and you know he had some power, you know, and he really got hurt by that home park I think a little bit. Um, I mean he was a riding on lefty So that park is really murder on lefties, but at the same time, you know, I think that there's Baltimore is one of the best homer parks in baseball, so I think that it's got to be in his favor to move to move from san diego to baltimore and i and I'd be somewhat interested in him in an in an a l only you know he's coming into the league uh for the you know so he's a free free bat and he will probably pay play more than most second catchers so you know in like my a l labor setup I had to find two catchers in in, in a l only and so in that sort of setup, uh, Hunley is definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, well, and I, uh, I mean, uh, as I wrote about the "quote unquote" the Matt Reeder situation, I mean, it's not really much of a situation. It's it just it doesn't seem likely that he's going to be back. And I mean, I think Hundley, is he's been a guy who at times has played in mixed leagues, uh, at least deep ones. And I think, I mean, I think that the justification can be there with the move uh, in ballpark. He's actually a better hitter on the road. I saw, and well, at least in terms of. Uh, power production but I don't think that's necessarily there's not a lot there I think that necessarily you say well this guy was a better hitter on the road it really there's the the ballpark didn't hurt him that much and things like that this is it's it's overall it's a positive I mean it's a better lineup it's better everything pretty much and uh, I mean it's a fantastic opportunity and again he's a player I think he's going to be going into his first year of free agency so not that not that this is going to be a huge thing for him, but is—I is, mean, it's, overall, it's a very positive situation for him. So um, if you're in, a, I mean, a, as a guy in a, a 15-team mixed league, along with Dino and Tout, say, I mean, I'm happy with my two catchers, but uh, if I was if I was strutting along with some questionable, questionable player there, and you're talking about a 15-team mixed league where every starter is taken or some part of a pairing that is not necessarily great, I would definitely be considering him, considering the opportunity he's got at this point. And, uh, sure. Uh, Colton Wong called up. I'm not sure if this is something that you have already talked, you guys have already talked about for the audience. Uh, obviously, he's hit pretty well since his call up. Um, and, uh, I mean, this was an, an inevitable situation. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that St. Louis had really intended to go forward. Um, in the long term, uh, with, uh, I don't know what, who, who is it that they were using at, at second base here lately? Uh, Greg Jeffries. I mean, I forget who it was. It was Mark Ellis or somebody like that. Mark, Mark <laughs> Ellis is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Greg Jeffries. I think, I think he's still pleased.
0: Jeffries is a little bit old.
1: <laughs> so,
0: uh, just... I think, yeah, I think I, you know, Ellis is a good backup plan, but, you know, the plan was all along for, for Colton Wong to do it, and he went down to the minor leagues and raked, had a three forty four batting average down there, and showed some power. I think that might have been part of, part of why, why they sent him down, because he hasn't really he hasn't hit a major league homer yet, and he hasn't really, uh, you know, translated not great power numbers in the minor leagues, but at least sort of league average type power numbers. He hasn't translated those to the big leagues in any shape or form. So... I guess that's the question. I mean, for fantasy, too, I mean, I don't think he's a mixed leaguer because there's not a lot of power there. Even if he does find it, it's more sort of like five to seven homers a year kind of guy. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't ever show it, then he's a zero homer guy with, you know, 20 20 stolen base, uh, you know, wheels. And I just, you know, Ben Revere, you know, half of Ben Revere on the infield is still not that exciting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. Woo!
0: <laughs> and he get someone half effective as Effective has been over here. All right,
1: <laughs> he's been and he's been uh, a, a bit aggressive. I mean, he has like eight stone base attempts and, and about and a little over a hundred plate appearances, and so it suggests that maybe he contributes there a little more often. But it also means that he's more successful than uh, his past rates and the minors have been. So that's not necessarily something you should go by. Um, I, I, I think, as far as I mean, we obviously uh, we know Prince Fielder has opted for neck surgery that went down. It's been successful. Um, playing time situation in Texas is interesting, obviously because they could. It, it's possible that they dip into free agency if they're not happy with um, what has happened uh, with with their uh, with the situation that they're looking to solve. At, at, basically, they've they've thrown Michael Choice into. Uh, the DH spot and so I mean looks like it could pay dividends uh, also looks like it could be a big failure if he continues to strike out at the rate that he has been uh, what do you think about how that situation is going to shake out
0: you know I think we did talk about this a little bit last uh, last week but um, I, I pointed out that not to forget about Brett Nichols uh, who's their first baseman in the minor leagues but since then I, I've also been remind, reminded that Kendrys Morales is is a possible option for them, and uh, you know, if they want to, if they want to try and compete as long as they can, they still have about a twenty percent chance of making the playoffs, and that's a decent that's a decent number. So I feel like, you know, Kendrick Morales will be available in about two weeks, yeah, and uh, I don't think they want to spend that pick to get him, so. I think we'll find something out around June 5th, and that's also kind of a Super 2 time, although Brett Nichols is not good enough that you need to really worry about Super 2. So I think uh, the name to watch is Brett Nichols. Michael Choice, you know, with better luck on batted balls, you know, maybe he can hit 240, 250, but I'm, you know, I don't know. It, it, there's something underwhelming about the line right now.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that uh, the, the Morales situation, I mean, that's the Morales prospect is probably what obviously what's most intriguing about it. And I think it's, like you said, I mean, this is a team that I think they've exceeded expectations in terms of what they, uh, what they've accomplished at this point in the season, considering all the injuries that they've had and then continued to add. Uh, on top of that, I mean, they are getting Derek Holland back here probably sometime in the next month or so. Uh, and, and, you know, in theory, they're looking at this as <laughs> we might actually have some reinforcements in the, in the, uh, in the barrel. So I mean, I think that that's. It, it, I think it's a situation where you, you know, look at the. This is a great poss. I mean, it's to me. I I think it's you know it's a it's a trial run with choice. Um, I guess we could look out for so uh, but I mean ultimately it's, gonna, it's just going to hinge on whether. I, I don't see where. If, as long as as long as Texas is going to call itself the contenders, and they're probably going to spend some money on a prorated contract for Morales. At, uh, of the year, and that I mean, obviously, if he's available in your fantasy league, because of the prospect that he'll be on the team here soon, you might as well go pick this guy up.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. You know, I've seen some pieces. Like, should the Rangers sell? I, I think they're still in a window, like sort of a U. Darvish window.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, the 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 team is built. You know, teams the you know, players are coming up; they're ready to go. It's the Profar O'Dor window. You know, it's. You know, so I think that they, they're gonna keep their keep their guys. I doubt they're gonna trade Adrian Beltray. I think they probably are trying to resign him right now, and they might even talk about an extension. So, uh, given all those things, the only thing that really makes sense to me is either you 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 don't spend any money and you get Brett Nichols up, and you say, okay, well, I don't care about this year so much, but I want to see if Brett Nichols can be a bench bad for us next year. So here, you Brett Nichols, you get the rest of the season. Give it a shot. We're gonna keep the team mostly intact, but we wanna see if you can be a bench piece for us. Uh the other option is uh Kendrick Morales come on down. So uh, you know, I doubt and then Michael Choice will just keep getting his at bats at D H and backup outfield. I don't I don't think um, he doesn't he rises to, you know, immediate pickup in all leagues or any leagues really. Yeah, I understand that.
1: Uh, well uh, uh, latest, the latest scare news uh, as far as uh, young pitching prospects go, as uh, Jordano Venturas. as uh, we, we've since learned that uh, uh, he left his he left his start on Monday night with uh, lateral elbow discomfort, and uh, has had an MRI which came back negative uh, on the elbow, uh, no structural damage. Uh, right now they're just saying that it's seems like he's going to miss a start. Uh, this is a guy that obviously is kind of a piece of their future. Say handle with kid gloves. I mean, what? How does this shape, right. out? Is this I mean, any, any hints that this is something worse than? Any? Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot we could speculate on at this point. It, it would frankly suck to lose another pitcher of this caliber. Um, this uh, yeah. in, in this manner.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wrote a piece earlier this season about uh, going down from the minute from day one and the. In the in the in the end of the piece, I wrote, you know, so you know, just enjoy them while you still got them. You know, <laughs> snuggle up with a Jose Fernandez start. You know, uh, get a glass of wine and 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 enjoy. Um, who was it else? Who who else did I say? Uh, it was Fernandez. It was somebody else that got injured. So and then the last one was Garrett Cole. So I guess we'll have to we'll have to watch out for Garrett Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that. uh you know, some, some of this was people said this was coming. They said, you're Donovan Ventura. he's got reliever mechanics, he slings the ball too much, there's all this recoil. You know, some of it is, I guess, what you would call chickens coming home to roost or something. I mean, or just the sort of Scott Casimir thing where people said, oh, he's too small, he's, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I think some of that is stuff that people did foresee in a way. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there are guys with crazy mechanics that have lasted long. And it's hard to say. Like even with like Chris Sale right now, is is that oh is that finally you know those bad mechanics coming home to roost, or is it just a you know just a little a little muscle problem he's got? So um, the nice thing that I heard about Ventura was that the problem might have been on the outside of his elbow or the inside of his elbow instead of the outside. So maybe it's not uh, Tommy John, and maybe maybe rest will be fine. Um, but, uh you know, I think it's just a risk with any pitcher i I think that's why I'm always gonna spend less on pitchers,
1: yeah, that's uh, that pretty much even though I wasn't necessarily thinking that right away, but that's I think that's in in a nutshell is why uh, I mean, for about a season and a half, I would say in the sense that I also went a little uh, aggressive at times and and fad periods uh, i Wanted to buy into some of my colleagues' views uh, that that pitching was earning its keep and and uh, even in some cases was more valuable than hitting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And just uh, just sorry, but <laughs> more and more often I'm finding that that's not necessarily true. And and uh, it, it, it's just it's you're you're attempting to, to win a, a battle that's a losing one more often than not. it Seems like you're just, uh, you're, just you're you're attempting to buy into too many too many, too many variables as far as health goes, especially when these guys throw really hard. Uh, just it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of a scary thing I think to invest heavily in pitchers of this caliber. I, I think with everything that we saw as far as Jose Fernandez is concerned, uh, and just everybody wanted to tell us how fantastic this guy is, and he is. And then this happened to him, and they were there seemed to be absolutely no forewarning that this was coming, other than that he was um Cy Young basically for a full year (laughs) I mean he was he was virtually unhittable and then and then he was injured so no
0: thanks for (laughs) well uh can you I've actually got to go I uh the the clubhouse has been open for 20 minutes and uh, I'm losing my window
1: no problem. I, I certainly understand. We thank you for, uh, for joining us here uh, on the 121st edition of Sleeper and the Bust, and uh, it was a pleasure as always. We look forward to getting back into a more regular uh, schedule with these in the very near future, and I uh, hope we've been of some service to you. If you have any requests or questions or anything like that, please feel free to leave those in the comments, and we look forward to coming back at you uh, in uh, a couple of days.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening.